Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Michaels, and thank you for spending this next bit of time with me. I really appreciate all of you who listen in every week, all of you who are new, all of you who are just listening to this episode. I love you. I see you. Thank you for being here. Um, quick reminder to rate and review on iTunes if you have a spare moment. Just head on over to an iDevice of yours and um, click a star rating and scroll down and click the write a review box and you can say whatever you like to me. If you have a question, you can pose a question there. You can also pose a question in the Mind Body Masters Facebook group, which is a closed private group on Facebook that is growing and growing. So I'm so happy that it is becoming this beautiful community that's kind of running itself. It's very supportive. And um, thanks to everyone who who chimes in on there. I've got a special treat for you guys today. I have Nicole Sachs back on the podcast. You guys all know who Nicole is. If you don't know who Nicole is, um, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm going to read her official bio just for um, anybody who on the off chance doesn't know. But Nicole Sachs is a speaker, writer, and psychotherapist who has dedicated her life and her practice to the treatment of chronic pain and conditions. She wrote a book called The Meaning of Truth. She has an online course, Freedom from Chronic Pain. And through her personal journey, she worked with John Sarno himself, as well as uh, went on to counsel hundreds of clients. She's shaped and evolved theories which serve to teach those suffering how to heal completely with no medication, no surgery. And you can find out more at thecureforchronicpain.com. You can check out her YouTube channel, The Cure for Chronic Pain with Nicole Sachs LCSW. And uh, yeah, you can join her on Facebook. She's got her own private Facebook group, which is wonderful as well, called Journal Speak with Nicole Sachs, S-L-C-S-W. And uh, so yeah, go check her out everywhere and everywhere. She's also on Instagram at NJ Sachs. And so we had a lovely conversation today. We talked about her Omega retreat, which you must go to. And yeah, we just kind of uh, jam about a couple of different topics and questions. There's some really interesting things that came up. So stay tuned. And here is Nicole. Nicole Sachs, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. It's been almost one year exactly since you were Has last. It? Yes, one year exactly oh, wow. since you were last on the show, which was episode seven for any of you listening who haven't heard that. And, you know, when I kind of look back to that time and over this past year, I can just see such a huge magical expansion happening in your world and within your work. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, but first, just for anyone listening who might on the off chance for whatever odd reason not know who you are, um, can you just share a little bit about Nicole and your work in the world? Okay. All right. So I'll try to be brief because I don't want to bore anybody. But um, so I was uh, a 19-year-old child when I was told I had severe degenerative spondylolisthesis and that my life would be significantly limited um, 
you know, no travel, no sports, no real activity, and that the likelihood that I would have a baby was very, um, biological baby, was very low because of the severe abnormality in my spine. And so that sent me on this journey of seeking that led me through a lot of different experiences and most importantly, finding the work of Dr. John Sarno. Um, and through finding his work and through my journey of, journey of healing myself, I eventually started working with Dr. Sarno at NYU uh, Rusk Center for Rehabilitation. He referred into my practice. And as I was doing private practice for years, I realized that this is something that can't just be confined to the four walls of my office and whomever other people are doing this, their office. Like we need to inform the world that this kind of healing is possible. And that kind of happened to me mostly because I started seeing these breathtaking examples of recovery. You know, people who were hobbling in with like six or seven different diagnoses and after doing this mind-body healing work that evolved in my practice to a journal speak practice, um, were off of disability, back at work full time, playing sports, having babies, getting married. And I was like, what's going on here? This is insane how transformative it is. Um, it took me a, a bunch, a couple of years of seeing that to say, I need to write a book mm-hmm. and start sharing this more broadly. And that was the first thing I did. I wrote The Meaning of Truth in 2012, the first edition. And kind of things went along from there. I think, Caitlin, I probably met you after you heard my my YouTube channel, right? Is yes. that how you came across my work? Um, you know, it was kind of like a, yeah, I think I, yeah, your YouTube was my first exposure to you. It was, oh, yeah, it was your talk before the All the Rage premiere. That was my first. Yes. Ex- yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Were you in New York? Were you actually in the room? No, I just saw the YouTube video. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so basically through um, the book and then I like finally got the courage to do a YouTube channel. I will tell you that was so hard for me because it's really, yeah, it's just really, first of all, it's a lot of, um, exposure. Like you're like watching yourself talk and it's so embarrassing, but I really pushed through that and I did the YouTube channel and that's when stuff's really started opening up me. That's when Michael Galinsky found my work and he asked me to be in all the rage. And that's when I started getting much more plugged into the greater TMS community. Mm -hmm. Um, I met Dr. Dr. Strax um, in Chicago who started referring into my practice. I got some of my very um, most dear to me and also most difficult cases out of Dr. Strax's office, some really, really challenging low bottom, you know, people laying on their couches, contemplating suicide kind of cases that, um, through working with me, they are, you know, and not just me, whatever. It's like their, their journey, their spiritual mind, body, spirit journey that Mm -hmm. took them through their work with me and, um, they're living completely chronic pain-free lives. And so then that kind of morphed into the podcast and my podcast that, um, that I do and it's the cure for chronic pain and, uh, and everything else. So this kind of, everything kind of grew from there, but you're right. The last, the last year has been very, very, um, just, just energetically. I feel like the, the consciousness of the planet is shifting mm-hmm. and is rising. And so I don't necessarily think it's my efforts as much as it's my efforts in communion with the response I'm getting from the universe. It's yes. like, you can do this. This yeah. is happening. It's okay. Kind yeah. of thing. 
just take the next step and the next step. And Mm -hmm. so, so your tool that you offer the world is this journal speak tool. So, um, you know, and you've seen just these amazing recovery stories. Why do you think this in particular is so effective for people? Well, I used to think it was just because people were starting to feel better. You know, like journaling technically, as it has been for all the ages, is you journal out your feelings, you get in touch with what is really going on for you, you really feel better, you feel your feelings, and um, and it leads to a good result. But actually, lately, it's funny, I was just talking about this this morning um, with uh, the director of Curable, because I'm going to go on to Curable and do a Facebook Live in a few weeks. So okay. she and I were discussing, um, she was asking about my philosophy. And um, so actually, that was great. That was a little practice. I can say it here, that um, I really am starting to understand more deeply that journal speak is tapping into a very scientific process in the body. Mm. So if we are to understand that chronic pain is the result of the brain and the nervous system firing pain signals as a response to the fact that the repressed emotions are seen as a greater predator than the physical sensation or pain that you're experiencing. And if the whole key to getting the pain signals to stop or the syndrome that we're in to stop is to get the body from fight or flight to rest and repair, then I think the reason why journal speak works so effectively is when you consistently are doing it every day and feeling those feelings and and feeling totally enabled and emboldened to speak because no one's going to judge you because no one's going to see it but you. I really think that it is triggering an incredibly scientific process by which the nervous system is shifting from fight or flight to rest and repair. When I do it, I literally sometimes feel the switch flip in Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that when people do it consistently, that's why the symptoms go away so dramatically because yes, you're feeling better. Yes, you're working your stuff out, but also you are able to literally rewire your brain and your nervous system to stop needing the distraction of your symptom imperative, whatever it is, from, you know, because it's protecting you from things that you haven't felt. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what do you think is going on when, when maybe people are journal speaking daily, but they still feel like relatively numb emotionally, like they're not bringing anything up? Well, here's, here's what I'll say. I get a lot of questions on my Facebook group about mm-hmm. um, challenges mm-hmm. in um, the, the speediness of recovery or what have you. I think what I can say um, about that is that there, when, I, when I talk about my work, there are three facets to my work. Believe, do the work, and patience and kindness for yourself. And I think the reason why some people are spinning their wheels, even if they're doing a consistent journal speak practice, is because they're struggling maybe with one of the other ones. Mm. Maybe, you know, they're doing the work, but there's like just like part of them that's like, oh, this is, you know, there really is something wrong with my hip or Mm -hmm. I really do need the surgery or my IBS. It really is because I eat too much dairy or, you know, whatever it is, if they start doubting that this can help them, sometimes that leads to a bit of an emotional disconnect with the work, Mm. you know, and then maybe on the flip side, on the other piece, maybe they're being really self-loathing or they're Mm. being really self-defeating and they're not operating with that very integral 
pain, uh, painness, patience. There's a Freudian slip, right? right? Painness for yourself, patience and kindness for yourself. And, um, I really, I, I, I just, um, encourage people to take a look at those three facets and say, am I really, um, firmly comfortable with the fact that I'm in all three? Because when I do, um, consults with people, I actually recently, uh, put a pause on that because it was getting so busy. But when I do speak to people one-on-one, what often happens is they're telling me they're having struggles with, with the speediness of their recovery. And I start talking like this and they go, oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I actually really am beating myself up all day. And I said, yeah, that matters actually. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if we think about it and if we, I always say, start with the end in mind. Okay. So if the end in mind is that we're taking this misfiring and, um, misguided nervous system and brain, and we are helping them, helping it go from fight or flight to rest and repair. If that's the end in mind, then self-loathing and beating ourselves up and criticizing ourselves all day and being mm-hmm. terrible perfectionists. And by the way, my hand is raised. Mm-hmm. I have done all these things a million times to myself. So you are not alone. Same. Um, so, but, but I think that we don't realize how much that takes a toll or on the flip side, the fact that we're constantly sort of perseverating about whether something's really broken in us that can't be fixed can also sort of disconnect us from the work. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage people to look at all three. Yeah, that's beautiful. So let's say, you know, you're doing the work, you, you believe and you, you're patient and kind with yourself. But you don't necessarily like, do you feel like people need to have um, like emotional releases during journal speak in order to have a breakthrough in their pain? Well, that's an interesting question. Here's it's, it's I, I, I sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, an instrument that always plays the same note, but I can't <laughs> I can't I can't help but go back to it, which is it's not about the emotional release. It's about the whole package. Right. Yeah. It's about it's about the believe the doing the work and the patience and kindness. And I think that if people um, become more mindful of that trifecta, mm-hmm. you will get an emotional release. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, so. I remember it was about two or three years ago. I was just going through like sort of, I don't even remember what physical thing was, was knocking at my door, but something was bothering me and I was trying to journal speak about it. And I was, I was consistently journal. I was doing the work that I tell people to do and it like wasn't going away and I was feeling frustrated and I was feeling angry um, at the process because I'm human just like everybody else. Yep. And I have, I'm also got to do the process. And one night, I was uh, lucky enough to be completely alone, which if anyone knows anything about my personal life, I have five <laughs> children and a dog and a partner. And I am, you know, I'm not never really alone, alone, alone. And for whatever reason that night, I was totally alone. And I was watching a movie. God, what movie was it? Oh, it was The Big Sick. Just oh, random. Oh, yeah. That was the movie. And I honestly hardly even remember exactly what it was. But the movie ended and I started to cry and I started to freaking cry. Mm. Like I was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing on the couch. And I think something came up for me that had been brewing in the journal speak for the last few days. I think it was something about my dad and his death and maybe like seeing the way that movie went down and her terrible illness. I actually seriously don't know what it was, but it like came, but it would never have come had I not, you know, sown the seeds of it in the journal speak right. and what I needed to do. And, and so I just kind of feel like sometimes you just have to be open to the 
experience the journey, whatever you want to call it. And it will take you, if you do the next right considered action every day, you will be well. I can't tell you exactly what that journey is going to look like, Mm -hmm. but you will. Mm -hmm. That's so funny that you say that. I have a memory that popped up just now that was, um, I had like my back, you know, kind of had a moment maybe a year ago where it was like, you know, rising in pain, maybe like seven out of 10. And so of course I went to my journal and I started journaling and then I started meditating. It was like this whole like day long intense process of, of trying to fix myself. And, um, finally at the end, like nothing was hap- you know, happening instantly, of course. And so I decided to go on YouTube and search for this will make you cry 100%. <laughs> And I watched, it ended up being like all these like Korean and Vietnamese commercials that were like these long commercials, but every single one, I'm like bawling in tears. And I'm like, I think I just need to, I need to get it out, get it through me. And, um, I think it was probably two days later that, um, that I felt better, but it was like, I, something in me was just like, you need to actually cry. Like you need to actually have an emotional release. How can I do that? And the YouTube videos is one way and then music for me is another really great mm-hmm. way. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, what also is really great, um, exercise. Yes. If you can bring yourself to just like put your earbuds in and put on music that makes you feel emotional and just be out somewhere where nobody can see you and just be with the energy, the beautiful energy that is around you. I mean, I really do believe that the universe conspires to our highest good, Yes. but you invite it in yes. and, and, Sometimes when we're when we're hurting or when we're sick or when we're depressed or when we're anxious, it's hard to remember that. It's almost like you don't remember to just invite in like you're not alone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even when you feel like you're alone and even when you feel like you have no one and nothing around you, it's like there's still all of this energy, like this cosmic, you know, intelligence (laughs) that lies beyond us that is just waiting to help if you call out. And so... I love yeah. that. I love that. Your podcast today was about that spiritual connection. I didn't get to listen to all of it, but I listened to some. And so I love that you're kind of incorporating this um, into your work moving forward. And yes, absolutely. Speaking of which, so I just want you to talk about Omega for a little while. So give me all the details. So what the thing with Omega and the thing why I'm like just freaking out so excited about it is because last summer I was a guest instructor at Omega yes. at John Gabriel's mind body weight loss um, retreat. And I was I just had one afternoon, you know, it was like I was I was lucky enough to be invited and I came there and it was this amazing, beautiful room where about 100 people there. And I just spoke about my work. I think nobody in the room had ever heard of it because they were not there specifically about pain. But oh, my God, when I realized how many people in the room were actually in pain. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the weight was their symptom imperative and that's why they were there, but they were in tremendous physical pain. And I had them do a journal speak exercise. And then, um, when I tell you I was flooded the next morning, cause I stayed for the whole retreat mm-hmm. flooded with people coming up to me and saying, I, I did journal speak last night. I did it again this morning. I'm actually feeling tremendously different in my body. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. And um, when I was doing my presentation, one of the members of the Omega programming staff observed me. And at the break, he came over to me and he said, what do you want? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, five day retreat next summer. What do you want? Like it was so, it was like one of those moments for me where I just felt so happy 
like we were just saying before that the consciousness of the planet is shifting and that I am being invited to share this message mm-hmm. in such prestigious places like Omega, where they have the people from all over the world who know so much about mind, body, spirit, come and speak. And so it was just really exciting for me. And now we are on the eve of this happening. I'm having my five-day retreat there this July, uh, 21st through the 26th. And I'm just so excited about it because I've been spent, I've been like had a whole year to, um, to plan it and Mm. to bring with me these very interesting and collaborative, um, guest instructors, the way John Gabriel brought me in and to be able to really create an experience. What I like to call it is it's going to be a week of total transformation. I, I, I obviously, of course, everybody is different and no one can make any promises, but I can tell you one thing. None of us are going to be the same people as when we arrived Mm. because it is just going to be a combination of doing my work in real time with me, being able to help you and coach you and answer your questions. I'm going to be very present, you know, the whole time just with the group and also people like Athena, who is a modern day shaman, who is the person I interviewed on my podcast today. Um, if anybody wants to check it out, it's episode 27 of the cure for chronic pain and she's going to be at Omega. And then another one of my colleagues, Erin Chavon is coming and she's doing love centered yoga, which can be done in a chair, which can be done sitting on the floor or standing because, you know, people are suffering. They may not, might not be able to do traditional yoga. And I see people literally transform just from taking her classes because her energy and the way she teaches is so powerful. And then uh, Ruthie Lindsay, who is um, a force in the sort of uh, international speaking circuit of her recovery from chronic pain. And she actually had a terrible, terrible car accident when she was in high school. Um, An ambulance going 80 miles an hour hit her car and she had severe spinal cord damage and a lot of things happened for her because of that. And she ended up in years and years of chronic pain. And what's really beautiful about Ruthie's story is she used to travel the world and talk about how to live in chronic pain, mm-hmm. how to live in chronic pain and, and, and have a joyful life anyway. And since discovering my work and the Curable app, mm-hmm. she has decided to change. And she's like a well-known speaker. She, she is, you know, she's kind of a little, a big deal in terms of like being invited into a lot of different, she's got her own podcast called the unspoken podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so she, um, she's changing her whole philosophy and I'm so humbled and honored to have been part of that where she's not going to talk about how to live joyfully in chronic pain anymore. She's going to talk about how to recover. Yes. And that is like, to me, such love and light to bring to this universe, because although, of course, I want people to live a joyful life every moment, you know, we don't just wait to live joyfully until we're pain free, but I never want the end goal to be living in pain because yes. I just know from my personal experience that is not necessary. Right. Um, and I also look at my life, you know, I look at my children, you know, my daughter, Isabella going, is going to her junior prom tomorrow. And I know. And my daughter and my son, Oliver is, is going into high school and just dropped his first album on iTunes with this little band he has with his friends. Hey, and, hey. Oh my and, goodness. <laughs> and Charlotte is going into middle school and she's a dancer and a gymnast and, and a lacrosse player. And my, I have these like healthy, vibrant children that I was never supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I have this life where I travel all around the world talking about this and I carry my big, 
heavy overpacked suitcase upstairs and nothing's wrong with my back. And like every time I feel that and I know that my MRI makes every orthopedic surgeon go pale because it looks really bad, but that never informed my pain and it never will. And so I just, I guess, you know, I mean, you know me, like I just am super passionate about this stuff. And Omega is just my first opportunity to have it all be mine. You know, I have traveled and I have participated as a guest in many different retreats and yoga festivals and even medical conventions in the past few years. But in the Omega one, I get to I get to decide how it's going to be. And it's just going to be full of really great energy and love. So if anybody's out there and they can find their way to us, it would be great to know you. So it's five days. It is. Five days, five full days and... What's um, so there's going to be mind, body, and spirit there. So there's the yoga and you and um, Athena, Athena, yeah, some spiritual work and some energy work. And also, Erin is also an Ayurveda healer. Oh, so there's going to be Ayurveda with oils. And I also want to say if anyone is listening to this and think it's like too weird for weird, it's not going to be like super hippy dippy weird. We're not going to be going into trance and doing, you know, like super, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be really very, very human. And, and I am just, I can't take anything that seriously. Like I'm always joking around and just like it's, there is space for anybody and any philosophy coming from any background to feel safe and welcome and probably really wake up to something that they never thought they yes. would. Yes. I always think about like, so if you have a really closed mind to anything in this world, whether it's, you know, different healing modalities, shamanism, crystals, like whatever it is, like that to me is sort of a reflection of like the walls that you have up to what's possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so sometimes I think that can be just a signal like, oh, hey, maybe I could be a little more open and see what happens, you know, just maybe just say, I don't know, instead of, I know that this is true and this is true and nothing else, yes. <laughs> you know? Yes, so, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know what I have to say? I think a lot of the best and most powerful growth I've ever experienced is when I finally, finally, after so much, you know, protesting and saying I knew about something, I laid down my weapon and I go, I got nothing. Yes. And the, the moments that I have done that have been like this cataclysmic shift of awakening and discovery. And that's the stuff that's really pushed me yes. forward, yes. you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, your journey right now is kind of taking you on this, like, I don't know what this next step is, but let me just do this thing and see what happens. And then of course the Omega retreat comes into your life. And I can't, can't wait to see what the next step is for you because it's going to be exponential because that's the way that consciousness is shifting. It's exponential. So that's so exciting. So one thing, you know, you kind of talked about like your kids and you've got five of them. I really am curious to know how your work has impacted their lives and their relationship with themselves and their feelings and all of that. That is such a good question. Thank you for asking that because it's a very big part of my parenting right now. Um, I say, um, first of all, just as to not confuse people, the reason I only mentioned three of them just now is I have three biological children that I gave birth to that I was never supposed to have. And then I have two stepkids. So we are raising five full on kids. Um, and they are at the moment, 16, 16, 14, 14 and 11. 
um, because they just had birthdays, but it's really uh, 11th grade, 10th grade, 8th grade, 8th grade, 5th grade. And so that's a lot, right? It's a lot. Anybody would say that's a lot. But I have to tell you, because we're raising them um, in such a way that is like we really respect their – their opinions and their emotions. And we really have great conversations with them that are on the level. We don't, it isn't actually hard because they're great kids and they don't, you know, yell at each other and they don't disrespect us. So it's really wonderful. But, um, as to your question, these kids, I see my kids as like patient zero, like the first generation of kids that is really being raised that when they start having a pain in their body, we don't go to fear first. Mm. We go to curiosity first, mm-hmm. you know, and I say like, what's going on? I am completely in favor of doctors. I do not try to fix my children in my, under my roof without, you know, consulting other people. But, um, you know, so if we have a medical condition going on, you know, something with their stomach, something with their throat, something with their bodies, we do go first to get checked out if that feels necessary. But we never go in fear. We always go in curiosity. And so um, one of the things that I talk about on my blog is, did you ever read the blog I wrote about my son? I did. My, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my, that was the earliest experience of explaining TMS to my kids. And I'll just summarize it really briefly. Oliver had um, severe anxiety, even when he was a baby, very, like he couldn't swallow food properly. He would throw up because he was super anxious to swallow. So it was something that was organic in him from, mm-hmm. you know, birth. And, um, when he was about four or five, he started getting these severe stomach aches, but severe, severe, like doubled over emergency room stomach aches. And I took them seriously. This is a kid who really couldn't breathe. He was screaming in pain. And we brought him to the hospital and they would never find anything wrong with him. And we figured it was a gas bubble or whatever. And one day, about three or four years into this, when he was old enough, I thought he was about eight to understand it. I did a little psychological experiment with him where I uh, I tricked him. I tricked him and I took his mind off of it because I was acting very shocking. Like I was driving him and he thought I was taking him to the hospital because he was on the floor of the car screaming in pain. And I took him to, uh, I think it was like a CVS or Walgreens or something. And, um, and he was like, what are we doing here? Then he probably figured we were there for a prescription. And I started saying, I'm buying this for you. I'm buying this for you. And I handed him licorice and I go eat this. And he thought I was literally loony, crazy mad. But he was so surprised at the way I was being, and it was totally, um, obviously premeditated. Yes. And he was so surprised at the way I was acting. He, he literally started, he was like, oh, okay. And he started eating the licorice. And I said, pull this car back and see if it rides down the, the aisle. And, and within like five minutes, I looked at him and I go, how's your stomach? And I just remember, I always like have to not cry when I tell this story because I remember his little face and he goes, oh my God, it's gone. Mm. And I said, sweetheart, I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Mm. I said, I think you're really anxious. And I think that you get really fear, like a fear of the pain. And I think that that leads you into like a state of real fight or flight. Like I was able to explain it. He totally got it. Mm. And he never got a stomach ache again, except for once in a long while when he's got a lot on his mind, he'll come up to me and he'll say, mom, I have one of those anxiety stomach aches. And I'll say, all right, lay down. Let's talk about it. You know? And we've never had to seek medical attention for that again. So that's just one example of the way I've helped my kids. But another recently, very recently is Charlotte. Um, and I don't know, um, Caitlin, did you hear the podcast I did with, with Char? I did on not. Her- no, I will. I will now though. <laughs> yeah. So, so Charlotte is, um, a dancer, a very, for her age, a very serious dancer, serious as you can be at 11. 
And um, she was diagnosed last summer with something called dual accessory vestibular bones, which is an extra bone in each of your feet. Mm -hmm. I think like maybe 5% of the population has it or something like that. It's not that rare. But her bones on her feet were very, very inflamed and red. It kind of looks, just for people who don't know what it is, it kind of looks like you have a second ankle below your ankle. Mm. And, and, if, and, and if you're not a dancer or if you're not someone who kind of pays attention to your feet, you might not even notice you have it. Mm. But she was um, starting on point. Um, she's a ballet dancer. And she was just always looking at her feet. And God knows what else she was feeling. And her bones became red and inflamed. We saw a podiatrist and he explained to us what the diagnosis was, but he said to me something that really clicked my TMS uh, switch in my head. And he goes, you know, it's weird because only about 5% of people who have this condition are symptomatic. Mm -hmm. And I said, hmm. That's enough I said, for me. No. <laughs> I said, so you don't have to hurt from this. Okay. And um, I started talking to her and, and it's funny because I'll tell you. My kids still roll their eyes at me, yeah. okay? I'm still mom yep. who's like super, super naggy and annoying who's telling them to feel their feelings. You know, I'm not always the most popular when I start talking about this, but I explained it to her. I go, honey, there's nothing wrong with you. Almost no one who has this is in pain. Obviously, you're giving it a lot of meaning. I know that your feet are super important to you. I know that dancing is your whole life. So let's just keep that in mind. And she was able to hear me. And within like a couple of weeks, the swelling and the pain went away and she's never gotten it back since. Wow. That is so cool. Oh, so one question, um, that I have in, I'm just thinking of a few of my own patients. Um, you know, I've got uh, a patient with Downs, Down syndrome, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then a patient with CP, um, cerebral mm -hmm. palsy. And so, you know, obviously they cannot journal speak. Right. So, so do you have any nuggets of wisdom for more difficult cases where journal speak is not an option, not necessarily to the degree of CP or downs, but like, what can we do for those people? Great question. You ask very good questions. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So here's, here's what I'll say about that. If we're going to start with the end in mind, Really, the end in mind is just telling the truth, mm. right? So that's all journal speak. If we're going to get real basic about this and just peel it back, journal speak is about figuring out as a big, complicated grown-up how to just tell the truth the way a five-year-old would without needing to get super complicated. Yes. And so because all of us are just a little kid inside who has been wounded, who hasn't been heard. And that's really the voice of journal speak is, is that little kid. And so if I were working with someone who was challenged in, in, and they could not necessarily do the journal speak, what I would say is, let's sit together and figure out the real truth you feel about this. And nobody's going to judge you. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you know the truth about something and you let it rise, your body heals. You feel better when you don't have to spend all that energy pushing away something or pushing down something mm -hmm. that you think you're not allowed to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's part, my kids don't journal. Like they won't. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would, but they won't. I, I get the 16 year old to journal sometimes, but the rest of them know, but they, what they'll do though, is they'll tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, there's nothing you could say to me right now that is going to make me judge you. Even if it's not nice to me and even if it's not nice to one of your siblings or even if it's something that you don't want me to think of you, I will never judge you. I just don't want you to make yourself sick with it. 
And I, so I, I think that might be helpful. Does that help at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, one that I'm thinking of is like, it's interesting because when you ask him a question, um, he responds with, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and that's like all you can get, you know? Right, and so right. there might be some limitation there, but I hate to put limitation on anybody or anything. And so part of me is like, well, maybe if I can just like project my confidence onto him, you know, then this jaw pain will go away or whatever. Um, well, you know, here's one thing I do say to people, and it could be anyone, it wouldn't have to be that one particular patient, mm-hmm. but it could be anyone, which is, if they're fine and they're good, and or, or sometimes in my world, it's the, oh, I don't want a journal, I can't bring myself to do it, or mm-hmm. whatever they're saying to me, I'll say, okay, why are you, why are you coming to me? And they will say, you know, well, my back is killing me, or my jaw is killing me, or whatever. And I would say, are you suffering enough or do you, would you like to suffer a little bit more? And then they're always like, I hate you, but no, I don't want to suffer anymore. (laughs) And I say, okay, so one day you're going to be laying in your bed in a quiet moment and you're going to really reach the end of your suffering. And that's going to be on your time. I am not pressing you to be ready any sooner than you need to be. But on that, in that moment, understand that there is a solution but it does doesn't it doesn't live within I'm fine. It it will never ever live there. So if you decide you're done suffering, I have um I have a suggestion, but it's gotta be in your willingness. Mm. You know, so if this person that you're talking about is suffering in any fashion, you could say to him, I just want you to know that none of the healing happens with an I'm fine. And so if we can find a space, if we can even just experiment with what might it look like if you weren't fine? Let's just pretend, you know, let's just stretch our imaginations. Let's just see, you know, maybe he'd be a little willing. Yeah. Yeah. So one other thing that's coming up in that response is, okay, so let's say you've been chronic for years and years and years and your relationship to the symptoms themselves is one of hatred, like one of like, I really truly feel like I hate this and I, and I, you'd kind of demonize it. What do you think about that sort of dynamic? And is it helpful to continue to tell the truth that I hate this? Or is it worth it to kind of shift that attitude? Well, you know what that brings up for me? Um, So one of the ideas I have for the next course that I want to write, which will happen when I have like a free second, but um, it's still, it's, you know what it is? It's like, this is what I say about my work right now. It's in the cloud. Okay. Okay. So it's it's in the cloud and it's up there. And when I'm ready to download it, it will be ready. I'm sort of like cultivating it in the cloud. But this next course I want to write, I want to write a course called journal speak for radical acceptance. And Mm. this is why. Because I read a quote in this book, and it's a book called um, White Hot Truth by Danielle Laporte, and it said, would it be possible, or something, I'm paraphrasing, but might it be possible to not desire to be any different than you are right now? Mm. Because here is the sacred paradox. Transformation begins with the radical acceptance of what is. And I read that line and it just went through me like a bolt of lightning because I think we spend so much time resisting what is Mm -hmm. that we can't transform because all of our energy is pushing away what is. So if you're in a deep 
loathsome hatred of your pain and you're like, I don't want to feel this. I shouldn't feel this. I have to put my mind in better things. I think that is counterproductive. Yes. I think sitting very squarely in, I would put, okay, so for that person or for that situation, I would get out my journal, my computer, my whatever, my notepad of paper that I'm going to throw out and I would put at the top, I hate my pain, I bleeping hate it. And I would write a free journal speak brain dump, right, of everything that is exactly what is. Here's my pain. Here's what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, all of it. And I hate it. And it ruins me. And I'm, I, I'll never heal. You know, like saying the things that are what is right now, I think that makes you fertile for, for growth and for change. Mm-hmm. And so let's say, okay, so let's say they do that. And okay, so I want to get your opinion on the power of our intention when we sit down for journal speak. So, so there are some people in certain communities who kind of have this intention of, I want to journal the emotions away, or I want to journal the pain away. What do you think about those particular intentions when sitting down for journal speak? Oh, that's such a tough one. It's, it's such a tough one because, okay, so I want everyone to understand that the answer I'm about to give. So before everybody comes through the you know phone or whatever and kills me, the answer I'm about to give is given with absolute complete empathy because I know how hard this is. I know how badly you want to feel better. And I know how much you want your intention to be that you're going to do this and it's going to make you well. But the problem with wanting to be well and needing to be well and needing your intention to be a certain outcome is it can be the exact same information to your nervous system as I'm not okay. Yes. Okay. So desire to be well is just fear that you won't be well. Mm-hmm. And I know that that sounds really confusing because, of course, we want intentions to be positive. But there's a difference between intentions being positive and needing to be well. What I would say more than anything is I would love your intention to be curious. Mm. I would would love your intention to be open. I would love your intention to be, I have no idea what this pain is trying to teach me. But very clearly, I am being stopped in my tracks until I learn it. And of course, I am certain that the end result of this entire experience that I'm living is going to be that my pain is gone. I'm not journaling for my pain to be gone. I'm journaling to learn why I'm here right now. And if you can just make that very subtle change to your intention, you won't be leading with fear. You'll be leading with love. Yes. Because there are only two forces in the universe, love and fear, and everything that you do can be fueled by either one of them. Yes. And quite frankly, it can be fueled well by either one of them. I, have, I know people that live very, very um, on the surface, productive and successful lives fueled by fear. They're just really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I know people who live the equally productive, if not more productive lives fueled by love, and they are full of joy. Because it just means that you're not saying, I'm journaling and I will be well and I have to be well. That's fear. How about I'm journaling because my goodness, if I'm in this much pain, obviously my body is trying to tell me something. I am curious. I want to know you better. 
self. I want to love you better. I want to love you the way you weren't loved properly. I want to partner with you. And when you, when you set your intention there, I, not only will you get well more quickly, you will get well, you will get well. Cause I think some people think, well, if I don't set my intention that I want to be well, how can I get well? It's, it's so subtle, the difference between love and fear when it comes to chronic pain recovery, and you kind of have to watch it. Yes. Because if you want to be well too badly, the only thing your nervous system hears is fear, fear, fear. Mm-hmm. And one last thing I'll say, just kind of tying back to the kid thing, if you have a child or if you know a child and you know that any attention to a child is good attention. So if you're on the phone and the kid's like, mommy, 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 mommy. Hey, mommy, mommy. And you turn around and you're like, if you say that to me one more time, Mm -hmm. I am just telling you that I'm on the phone. And all of a sudden they have your eyes. They have your energy. They have your attention. They got exactly what they wanted. They might not think it and you might not think it, but they will come back for more because instead of just ignoring them, you decided to react. And unfortunately, the nervous system is the same way. So if the nervous system is asking you the question all day, every day. Are we okay? Are we okay? How about now? Are we okay now? And you're always answering. You're answering with your thoughts. You're answering with your actions. You're answering with your feelings. And if you're saying, I better be well, this journal speak better help me today, all the nervous system is hearing is we are not okay at Mm -hmm. all. We are not. We are desperate. We are scared. But if your intention, if what you're saying is, I have no idea if we're okay right now, but let me tell you something. I am open to figuring this out. I am going to sit here and do this and just carry on with my day with the knowledge that that thousands, and if we're counting Dr. Sarno, millions of people before me have healed and I will heal. Then your nervous system starts to hear, oh, all right, she's got this. We're going to be fine. And it starts to calm down and that's when the switch flips and that's when the pain signals stop firing. Beautiful. Oh, that's so well said. I love everything. So, um, is there anything that could show up in your own body that would make you turn to fear at this point? Hmm. That is God. Okay. Let's, let's get personal. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you something, being a parent of five, it's, it's way more scary when things show up in my kids' bodies. Oh, sure. Um, because that's something I don't have control over and it's that, that does lead me to fear and I have to talk myself off the fear ledge by just saying, you know, each of them has their own higher power and they are on their journey and I can't keep them from hurting because pain is part of growth Mm -hmm. and that's the way we awaken and we grow and they're on their own journey. So that is, that's hard for me, but in my own body, what could lead to fear? I'll tell you, it would more quickly lead to anger than fear because if I get a symptom, I'm like, oh, really? Like, I don't get I don't scared. <laughs> I, exactly. I'm like, I just don't want to deal with it. Um, so it's more like that. But, yeah. um, you know, like, okay, so so the worst thing that could happen to anyone at, at our age, you're younger than me, but my age or anybody's age is, I think, cancer mm-hmm. or, you know, like a, like a horrible um, degenerative disease like ALS or something. I think that would initially scare me. I think it would. Sure. And I think then I would have to just expand. You know, if that's what is coming for me, then that's what's coming for me. And if that does happen to me, I think I'm just going to have to expand and I'm going to have to see like what this means and and what this next chapter of living through it with it is going to mean for me. But I don't think 
I fear my body anymore. You know, I really, it's a, it's a great question. No one's ever asked me it. And I have to say, I don't think I fear my body anymore. I think my body and I know that we're here to ride the roller coaster. You know, we're not here to sit on the side. And yeah. so whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And I'm going to meet it with love. Ugh. I love that. I love every, every little bit of that. Thank you so much. And so, um, I think we'll wrap it up here, but before we do, are there any like final comments, any kind of plugs that you'd want to offer? I'll of course put everything in the show notes today, but any last words or, or announcements? Words or announcements? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I just want, I just want you guys to know whoever you are, no matter how scared you are, you can heal. Um, and this is not just for me because of my body, even though my body has been a wonderful science experiment yes. and example for me to use to teach you. It's also I have worked between my practice, my online course, my book, my speaking engagement and my like just my interaction in my journal speak community and in my podcast and in my all the things I've worked with definitely tens of thousands of people around the world. And the amount of success, success stories that I receive is exponentially, exponentially greater than people write me and say, I can't do this. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's a million to one. So I, I want you to know that if you give yourself the gift of being curious and you just do the work, you can be well. And there's so much life out there. And so many people have come to me after the whole thing is over and said, I, I know I'm, this sounds crazy, but I thank God for the pain because my life is huge now compared to the, what it used to be. Yes. I, and, and my, my heart is huge and my love is huge and my fear is little. And that mm. to me is a gift that goes so far beyond what introduces us to this journey, which is chronic pain. Yes. Um, and another thing I want to say to people is chronic pain is not just pain. Chronic pain is anxiety. Chronic pain is irritable bowel. Chronic pain is skin disorders. Chronic pain is the symptoms of autoimmune disease. Like you do not have to suffer in perpetuity with anything. Like there is, there is a solution. Yes. Um, so I want to say that. And just in terms of anyone is curious about what I do personally, I, I no longer see private clients because I'm really – um, in the process of bringing this message to the global community in every way I can. But um, if you do want to work with me directly, please join us at Omega this summer um, in July. All the links um, to everything, I'm sure Caitlin will put it up, yep. but also on the resources page, you can go to the Cure for Chronic Pain and you can find everything you want on my resources page, all my links, all my stuff. And um, I also am about to launch a promotion, so I may as well um, say it here. You're getting... Oh, uh, getting uh, what what a uh, newsflash whatever they call it on the news breaking news breaking news um that i am going to offer i'm going to put it up in my facebook community but i'm going to offer it um anybody who signs up for omega between now and june 1st so we have a month is going to get a copy of my online course for free Ooh. and that is and the deluxe version so that's the 245 dollar one that you can download and keep on your computer forever yes. um so um, I'm going to be putting that up, but just so people know, um, I will be honoring that until June 1st. So Amazing bonus. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, so cool. Well, Nicole, I cannot thank you enough for your time and your wisdom. It's always such a pleasure. And hopefully we can uh, meet up again next year and see what awesome. has transpired. 
Caitlin, your podcast is a gift of light and love, and I thank you for it. I can't tell you how many people who talk to me about my work say they're listening to you. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's just always such an honor, and we'll we'll catch up soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye, Nicole.